welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. So we're here with Julie Goldberg. She's a guitarist in Chicago. And Julie, you're teaching at North Park? I teach at uh, North Park University and Vanderbilt College of Music. Um, and I direct the Chicago Community Classical Guitar Ensemble. And Great. And you, you've been in Chicago for, like, what, 30 yeah. years now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, not Chicago, really. Uh, the, northern, the northern suburb, the closest suburb to Chicago. And uh, I was born here. I uh, spent some time no, in Ohio and, uh, you know, felt the, the lure of family and something familiar, and I came back. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And um, you and I know each other primarily through through Claire and the uh, the, the UC connection and the, the, the summer guitar workshop. But our, our paths have crossed in interesting ways um, over the years that, that I think I think we've had this conversation, but I don't I don't know. It's I think it's, I always think it's really interesting. So you were really, really good friends with Christopher Tevis in grad school. Yeah. And Chris Tevis was, he was like one of the, the senior heroes to my freshman class at the University of South Carolina. Like he, he was the, the big kahuna virtuoso, you know, that we all looked up to. It was like, oh, wow, Chris is playing tonight in, in rep class. We got to go hear that, you know, and like we really looked up to him. And, and uh, so he went away and, and, and ended up at, at Cincinnati to study for his master's degree, which I believe is where, where you guys met. Exactly. Um, and from time to time in conversation with him, you know, he, he would mention, you know, my friend Julie, right? And he moved to Columbus at some point in time, started the program at Capital University. Um, and then when he left, I know that you interviewed for the job and I think they offered it to you. And because you didn't take it, I got it. <laughs> and dur during the time that, and during the time I was teaching at Capitol, Chris and Sherry came back to Columbus and I hung out with him a lot. We played duets and stuff. And he was always talking, oh, my friend, Julie, my friend, Julie. My friend. So there, there was always that. And then I got to meet you in Cincinnati at the summer guitar workshop. Um, and I got to well, meet Chris's friend, so funny. Julie. So Chris, I, I, well, I just love Chris. Death. And uh, we were we were duo partners uh, when we were students at, in Cincinnati, and kind of uh, kept each other, you know, sane and. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Are you asserting that you or Chris is either sane or rounded? Grounded. Well, well. Oh, grounded. Well, we played a lot of goofy golf. That's. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's that's about it. And, uh, but recently, actually, Chris just wrote a piece for me, which I love. Oh, um, fantastic! Piece um, during the pandemic, uh, I myself up here in Chicago uh, made a bubble with this wonderful flute player, uh, Kim Foyshaus, and we've known each other um, since I moved here to Chicago, and uh, we we kept in touch and we 
got in each other's bubble. You know, we both uh, agreed not Very to cool. do anything bad. And then um, we were playing, and then I was talking to Chris over the pandemic, and Chris said, oh, I really like to write your piece. I'm like, okay. And I said, we're, we're having this recording project coming up where we're recording a video. And he said, when is it? And I'm like, well, it's in like four weeks. He said, okay, I'll write your piece. Wow. And, um, nothing like a deadline. And he wrote sure. the most wonderful piece called A Place Where We Belong. And um, actually, it's on it's on our website, uh, silver-roseduo.com. And uh, it's just a beautiful piece. Uh, oh, how fantastic. And we've, we've enjoyed playing it. Uh, and did you did you guys do the recording yourself, or did you hire somebody to? No, we we learned a lot. Like everyone yeah, during the pandemic. Sure, it's been a crazy um, time. Yeah, we um we just uh got a beautiful hall, beautiful sounding hall to access to that, and we set up a video camera and we set up two microphones and we just played, and we played from twelve. In the during twelve noon to twelve midnight, and we fantastic. Got and then I learned just a little bit about editing on <laughs> just a very little bit about and yeah. Do you enjoy that work? And we made it work, and it and yeah, yeah we uh, we have snippets of it. That's awesome. Now, with with the editing and all that, do you enjoy that? Um, I am not a direction reader. Okay. okay. And I am also not a person to follow directions well on YouTube. Sure. But I really like figuring things out myself. Uh-huh. So I have, I think there are easier ways to do all of this. Right. But I figured ways to do it. And yeah, I, the thing I notice is that you can just stare at the screen for hours on end. Yeah. And it feels like like minutes went by. Because right. it's very absorbing. Um, yeah. Yeah, so yes, I do say I do like it. I do like it. Interesting. And I think also, um, maybe it's the rays from the computer uh, video or something. <laughs> but even if you started when you're tired, you are not tired. <laughs> Lights keeping you up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good learning process. And, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I don't feel intimidated, as intimidated by it anymore. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because you know with with the year that everybody's had you know I'm I'm wondering I mean there are there are things that I've been doing that I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have been motivated to do otherwise you know um, and some of it some of it's grudgingly you know someone's like oh I never really wanted to to have to do that but some of it's been great and it's it's, it's interesting though but you know I think I think silver linings are, are if you want to see them they they're they're probably there and and yeah. uh, it's just uh, a theme that I'm running into talking to people too is this I, I, I love this idea that creativity is going to find its its expression you know it's like we can't shut that down the the world the world closes down and those of us who are artists you know, we find ways to squeeze it out and get it, get yeah. get the creativity out there and, and do it. And I, I think it's fantastic. I love that. You know, it makes me think of like the you know the beautiful flowers springing forth out of the cracks and a crummy sidewalk kind of thing. You know, it's just like you can't you can't stop that. I did get to do which I never would have done if it wasn't a pandemic. Um, oh, you know Paul Paul Nielsen. Who's Paul Nielsen. Oh yeah 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 okay uh huh yeah yeah. Okay, so we also met him when he came to the workshop in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, and he's a fantastic teacher, fantastic player in New Mexico, and he's in Albuquerque. And he contacted me and um, asked me to coach and direct the New Mexico Youth Guitar Ensemble. Oh, and I was fantastic. like, I'm coming to New Mexico? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> this will be virtual, right? <laughs> it was in the middle of February. I was like, I'm 
comment. But um, we had a wonderful session with the young students there, all online. And um, we did create one of those collages, those uh -huh. collage ensembles. And it was pretty neat. So it would have oh, never happened if right. it was a pandemic. But uh, Paul learned, as we all have, that you can reach out to people uh, from further away virtually, right. and it works. Now, are you, are you doing you, you you're doing a lot of online teaching these days, like the rest of us? I'm I'm imagining. Um, mm -hmm. Have you have you had the experience? I you know it's it's one of these things in the back of my head. I think if I'm teaching online, I can teach anybody anywhere, and that is not just now. This is like as as or when the pandemic quote ends, or we figure out. I don't know. Wait, I don't even know how to describe that because I I'm so surprised that we're still even dealing with this when you know it's a year out and we have a vaccination and all that but anyway i'm thinking like you know the technology's there i've 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 started using it and and it's workable um you know anybody in the world that wants to take a lesson from me can do that have you have you started pursuing that at all you know i haven't pursued it but it has happened um where i've had some students who moved right and, okay uh, so i had a student uh who we started of course in person then we switched to online and uh, they're in Portland, and there we are, you know. Right. Um, another student who started on, uh, in person, went online, and another Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia. So right. it's happening, right. and um, that's, that's all good. I'm really glad to be able to, to keep in contact, contact with these students. But, you know, I have to say, there's still nothing better than being in person. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So it's it's not the it's same. Not, it's absolutely yeah, it's not, not the same. something I would like recommend for <laughs> a beginner, beginner. You know what I mean? Um, right. Or like even long term. Yeah. Or someone who's really serious about about studying, but you know, a coaching here and there. I, I think. I think right. Okay. Yeah. Right. But. Um, I think for a master class format, what I've, you know, it's been my experience that actually it works really well, you know, because those those tend to be kind of, I don't, I don't want to use the term superficial, but they, you know, it's unlike a, a continuing relationship with a student that you, you know, you're responsible for week in, week out and, and long term development, you know, with a, with a master class situation, it's more like, hey, it's a show, you know, um, and I, I think that's, it's, I'm surprised at how well those have, have seemed to work in the, the experiences that I've had with them well, I you know find like uh, individual coaching like not so much that you need a you need a, a, an audience for the masterclass but just like someone who, who has a specific repertoire or has a specific sure. interest um, that that is really good and you know I also have to say that you can get up so much closer to the camera <laughs> you know there's right right you know. <laughs> I'm getting really good at like can yeah. you see this angle you know <laughs> so there, there, are, there are a lot of things okay let me let me actually just just rephrase this so I would say very young students not great okay yeah. because there's a lot more physicality you've got sure sure um, uh, more advanced students I think it could be super valuable because yeah. you also have a lot more resources at your fingertips that's true too. Yeah, yeah. And it, again, silver lining right there. You know, there, there, there are things. So I've been teaching. You know, we've all been online, and actually, we've had some phenomenal lessons. Um, yeah. And I would have to say, maybe I might be some more more organized sometimes, and even <laughs> they are more organized. Online. Yeah. 
I tell you, one of there 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 are two things I know you're going to find this surprising because it's, um, I was I was late for today's experience. But uh, you know, two things I've noticed is is uh, my I tend to stay more on schedule. You know, I'm not I'm not running late all the time. And my students don't cancel lessons. Like if they, if they have to actually leave their house and come to my house and there's a commute involved and it might be raining or they're running late or something happened at home, you know, they're like, oh, I'm just not gonna make it today, you know? And so I've, I've taught a lot, I mean, I, my, my schedule has been a lot fuller because of the lack of canceled lessons, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's been kind of curious. And I, I've, I've enjoyed seeing the insides of my students' houses. <laughs> I've enjoyed meeting, meeting their pets an awful lot. Oh yeah, that's true too, yep, yep. <laughs> I imagine too the college students like I mean are they taking their lessons from their dorm rooms and things like that or well yes if they're yeah. in a dorm like a lot of the college students have gone you know they've gone back oh they've gone home right sure but right, right, right. a good portion are in their dorm rooms you know um, yeah. one of the colleges that I teach at they uh, the campus is open and private lessons are mostly online but there are some classes that are in person and right. I actually do, do since since I've been vaccinated, and most of the college, most of the students are actually here in Chicago. Um, you can be back; anyone can be vaccinated over the age of sixteen. So right. um, everyone is getting vaccinated. Yay, yay! Um, so we have been in person with. We have the option of being in person with all the protocols. So um, just a lot of the students are at school taking their lessons in a room that has you know better Wi-Fi than. They might have. Oh right. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, so that, that also. Yeah. And I, I, I think too something else. Even you know, and all of this is completely wiped out by the fact that I, I can't actually hear what my students are doing. And if I need to like look at their hands from a different angle or actually you know manipulate something physically, you know that goes out the window. And I hate not being able to play along with them, um, but. I think another benefit has been. I think in general, my students are more comfortable. You know, being at home, they're just you know they, they just seem more relaxed and yeah, like that 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 makes well, for thing that, um, for a good that presentation. I require um, of my students, college students, um, uh, you know, just uh, people who are taking it um, as a not through a school who are just taking private lessons. Um, that uh, eighty percent of my students send me a send me a video of oh. one piece. So so I prefer to get. One study and one piece. And so oh yeah! Piece, and that's You're so smart. <laughs> I get to really hear what they're doing. You know, yeah. I get to hear the full quality. And of course, you know the the exercise of recording yourself. I right. Mean, it's I so valuable. Yeah. They record themselves. My students are going to listen to themselves again. They're going to yeah. record themselves again. They're going to listen again. They say, "Oh, that one yep. minute I got to fix." They're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. So, the the practicing is better and interesting it's just such a great learning process and then yeah. we, and then we listen together i'm stealing your idea so <laughs> and um that that's good too but also we do have live playing during the lesson but right we listen to the recording together over zoom and right we can that's great that's a that's a that's a great idea you know it's something <laughs> yeah, I know. That's brilliant. Like, what? Why didn't I think of that? Because I'm not brilliant. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. It's, that's great. No, I, I know that. It, um, you know, when Stanley did the masterclass for Manuel in Cincinnati, um, which you know you're going to be on one of those, and I, I did one, and I've got another one coming up, and 
again, silver lining, Manuel probably would never, never have thought to do this. And what a great thing it's been. So, and for, for those of you listening to the podcast, what we're talking about is uh, the cultural arts center in Cincinnati. Um, one of our, our Clifton cultural arts center. Yeah. Thank you. Um, one of our former, uh, students from the UC summer workshop, um, is has been doing some teaching there, and he thought he wanted to organize a series of master classes featuring people that that he took lessons from through the the workshop. And so we're, we've all been lined up on that. And it's been really great. But again, I think you know he wouldn't have done that if it hadn't been for the looking for something to do for the pandemic. But I, yeah, back, uh, I think I am on for June twenty seventh. Cool, awesome. Hopefully, your your I'll try to get your podcast out before June twenty seventh so people can <laughs> check it out. <laughs> um, and back to the recording thing, Stanley had done that because he had he had so many students that he he wanted to make sure that there was time to actually do some talking. Um, so I, they they decided that before the master class, all of the students who were playing would send a video, mm-hmm. um, and that way they didn't have to take up the time playing. And he he'd make, maybe have them play like a phrase or something so people could hear them, and then he would talk about issues and, and, you know, reference in the videos and stuff. It was really smart. So, but I, yeah, I like that idea, but in the other thing, you know, that you mentioned that I thought was really important there was, um, and my students have, have kind of discovered this, the importance of recording and, and that kind of critical, um, experience is, has been great. And I, I, I discovered that by, um, doing virtual recitals with my students rather than, cause usually I do like two recitals a year where we all play ensemble music together. Um, they play duets with one another. They present solos. And for the past couple of years, I've been doing this, um, like composer project. Like every six months we have a composer that we're focusing on. Um, and everybody plays a piece by this guy or the, from a, from a specific collection or something like that. And so we were, we we did that virtually as well, uh, you know, put put videos up on on YouTube, and I had had them do ensemble pieces where I would I'd record everything, they would play along with my recordings, and then I would edit them all together, and and it's 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 surprising how good those turned out. Like for people not being sitting in the same room listening to anything at all, it's you know, and and I really didn't do a whole lot of quote mixing on that in terms of you know going through and making sure that specific places were louder or softer or they kind of that I did some time correction a little bit but not not excessive by any means and it's it's been really surprising how well those have turned out but again like you said you know that process of of getting getting used to recording yourself and listening they 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 wouldn't have done that otherwise and it's been it's been really valuable it's been great so well and the other thing that I know from my own recording myself and back is when I'm thinking I'm making a, a tremendous dynamic change <laughs> Or yeah. This this feels so good, so it must sound. <laughs> and then you look back and like. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's nothing there at all. Yeah. And then yeah. it just sounded horrible. <laughs> and then when it good and looked cool. <laughs> yeah. sure. So what else have you got going on these days? Um, so you mentioned the, the the flute and guitar duo. You you you've got the the, the guitar trio, right? The Avanti trio, right, so which with you guys were really. You were getting really active before the, uh, yeah, the stuff. Yeah, we really were. We were doing a ton of stuff. Um, what's that? AvantiGuitarTrio.com? That's not hard. There we go. That's A-V-A-N-T-I. <laughs> yeah, we were doing, we were really doing quite a lot. And then really sadly, of course, we had to cancel the, the concerts that we had lined up. Um, and, 
Yeah, we, we haven't regrouped yet. That, that's not a group that's um, been able to get together virtually or uh, feel comfortable to be sure. together in person. So we're just kind of waiting it out. Uh. But uh, every time I hear, well, I was listening to a concert, a streaming concert from the Cincinnati Guitar Society. Okay. Robert Brown was playing <laughs> with, uh, and then he had a trio, and I would, it just made me feel like, yeah, I love playing guitar ensemble. So I hope to, I hope to get back to that, uh, and hope that yeah, you know, fine. <laughs> and who, who's in, who's in that group with you? Um, uh, Jason DeRoche and uh, Wes Hickson. Okay. Yeah. And then they're they're all in Chicago. I'm, I'm taking it. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, we, we something we missed, but we'll, we'll get back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know, and I the other thing that Sally has gone. Uh, to be a, uh, on a hiatus, we'll say, because of the pandemic. Good. Um, was the Chicago Community Classical Guitar Ensemble. That had been going for long time. We had, this was our 21st year. What? And uh, it's just a wonderful group of amateur players. Amateur players, I say, you know, well, like Claire would say, amateur for doing it for the love of it, right? Right, Not right. that they, that these players were any, um, any, detriment to their level you know they were all fan- right. they were all fantastic players some of them are you know pro level and some of them are working towards getting better and better yeah. and it's, it's a fun group and uh that was really sad when we had to cancel that how many students or i guess how many players i guess you should say not students how many average like uh about 15 or so well, that's great that is so cool yeah and then i've been with it you know as long as i have really <laughs> um uh. Yeah, so we're so I'm hoping in the fall that we'll be able to. Yeah, to I'm sure. That. Have have you managed to like just at least stay in touch with people on that over the over the past year? Or, we did like, uh, do early on. We did a, one of those collages, the collage uh-huh. um, uh, performances, and that really went well. Um, but I would have to say people were a little shy about sending in their videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but everyone played really well. We did that, uh, and mostly now we just kind of email once in a while. And right, email, sure. Uh, have a Facebook page, right. ChicagoGuitarEnsemble.com. Oh, that is ChicagoGuitarEnsemble.com, that web page. Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so so we, we keep each other posted about, oh, check out this video, check out that video. Right. I think it's a tremendous thing that you have going on there, um, you know, and, and that you've been able to, to, to get that going and keep it going and, and, and whatnot. So when, before... Before the the pandemic hit, where how often did you rehearse with those? Well, we met uh, every during the school year. We met every Tuesday night. Okay. And then we did at least two performances each semester, so a total of four performances. But oh wow! More outreach, you know, conference. Uh huh. Sure. So we, we take the same program and play it several times because that's what makes it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And it, would you incorporate like solos and smaller groups, Not or is it all big groups? I mean, some solos, but more yeah. was really ensemble focused. So we had like, okay. maybe four orchestra pieces. Okay. And then everyone would play in a small. Yeah. Like, and was that, was that, did they, did they kind of group themselves or did you sit down and say, you're going to be with you and you and. <laughs> I, well, I kind of group people. I mean, but everyone okay. was very friendly, but you know, sometimes sure. you need a little reinforcement on one part and not on another. Of course. Uh, yeah. You, you get to know people's strengths and you want to show those off. Right. Um, and then being adults, you know, with lives, sometimes they were, <laughs> you know, 
scheduling difficulties. And, of course. You know, we say everyone's in Chicago, but Chicago is huge. It's huge. Traffic is a real detriment. So it's even more commuting when, you know, you have to get downtown at 7 o'clock at night as opposed to <laughs> 11. So, um, so some people's, you know, because of scheduling, we I also, for the small groups, try to do it so that people would uh, yeah. be at the same rate. Oh, I see. Okay, I, yeah. There's a lot of, a lot, lot of uh, moving parts there to, to coordinate, you know, and, and, and some leadership to, to, to do. I but guess. I, you That's... know, I would have to say that that was all, really all, um, modeled after Claire's group, Claire Callahan's groups. When you know, when of course. School in Cincinnati, and we had guitar ensemble. That's what she right. did, and I'm like, oh, that looks really good. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, that's a tremendous lot of work, you know, to put together four different programs, full, oh, no, full length programs. It's two different programs. But oh, okay. So oh, okay. We but even, even still, you know, to, to, to corral 15 amateur players together, rehearse them, you know, the amount of work it would take for you to, to get the, the music together, to plan the, the programs, all of that. That, that. That's a lot of work, you, you know, know good for you. And sometimes, you know, after a period of time when we're not, like during the summer we take off or so, um, I remember coming back, and this happened actually last fall or two falls ago. We came back and um, started conducting. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this, this is so much fun. And as much as the work as I put into it, you know, these players are practicing. You know, yeah. they're, they're practicing, they're getting their parts together. You know, whereas I I feel very lucky that my job, whether it's teaching, playing, practicing, doing right. paperwork, whatever, it is all guitar related in some way. Sure. Right. Um, that you know, these these folks, most of these players are off, you know, doing a different job, mm -hmm. and still have the energy to practice. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, like most of my teaching is adult amateur students, and I've always said that. It's like, you know, I, I remember. I, many years ago, I had a student who was a really high-level engineer for. Um, it was you know AT and T, you know Bell Bell Labs kind of thing, and you know, it, and he was just so dedicated, and he practiced so much, and and. It, and I thought of it as like, you know, all I do is music, man. Like, you don't, you don't see me like, you know, doing music for 40 to 60 hours a week. And then, you know, on the side, I'm just going to do some engineering, you know, I mean, that, that <laughs> and, and it was, you know, I, I, I've always noticed that about my students. It's like, it's completely 100% by choice that they do this. They don't have to, there's no requirement at all. They just do it because they love it and they can, they can achieve some pretty, pretty high level playing and some you know really it's 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 quite a joy to be to be involved with that you know I, I was, i've always been you know like there's some admiration from my point of view on that because I, I think in their shoes i probably wouldn't do it i'm just too lazy or something you know <laughs> i don't know call because actually there's no there's no requirement that you do this you know what i'm saying well it, that's true you know i well yeah I, well, I think I, I, a lot of times I think I'm at a stage in life where yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of locked in now, you know, <laughs> like wouldn't it be great to, to do something. No, I can't. It's just impossible. I, I, I don't know anything else. Right. So, so many, but so many yeah. people do. If, if, you have to give yourself a lot more credit because <laughs> so 
are people too. I mean, you see all the memes or whatever that yeah. musicians can't quit because it's not a job, it's a life, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. if it's, and that's probably true, because if it wasn't your life, you wouldn't. Right, right. And I love it. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, I absolutely love it. And you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's every day. It's, it's, it's the kind of thing that I think will, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that I love what I do because, you know, that, that might be the only reward that I get sometimes, but it's, it's, it's all right, you know. Um, but, and, and I, I've never, I've never been, you know, so I think so many people, like, I don't know, I don't want to say everybody hates their job, but I, I think, you know, people don't it's not a common experience to hear somebody say oh yeah I just I'm, I'm I wake up in the in the morning and I'm so happy to be doing what I'm doing you know I mean it's people have jobs they go to jobs they do jobs you know um, so I think yeah, I think I we're lucky that way yeah, we are. <laughs> I remember there was a there was a bass player here in, in town and on his his office door at, at OSU it always said uh, you know, there's a sign that said you know we don't we don't we don't have to do this we get to do this you know and and i i've always felt that i always felt this is you know like even when it gets stupid and hard and like a pain in the butt it's like you know it's like you know i'm okay with that i i, I I'm, that's the price we pay to get to do this and that's okay you know i love it it keeps me young <laughs> or keeps me childish anyway or immature or something i don't know <laughs> it's re it's retarded my development <laughs> <laughs> yeah, inquisitive. That's what. That's it. Yeah, it keeps me curious. That's right. <laughs> so, what else has been new with you over the past few years? It's been a long time since I talked to you. Um, are you living in the same place? Yes, I live. I live with my uh, with my wife, and we have a house in the suburbs, uh, like Evanston, which is a suburb of. Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, we had two dogs. Oh, sorry to hear that. Oh no! Yeah, that's bad. But um, so, yeah, and um, yeah, and so we're we're here and enjoying. You know, it's, we've arranged a life that it that is really nice and um, what should we say, un undramatic. You know, like uh, you know, we both know what we love to do. And we I'm sensing middle age. <laughs> 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 know what's happening the next day and not yeah <laughs> yeah Cha lack of chaos in one's life can be very comforting <laughs> so it, it, it really it really is very um we you know what we like uh, you know we like you know um she's she's not an artist or a musician or anything like that right. um do you think that's a good balance for you i think sometimes it is i mean it's it's yeah. uh we don't overlap you know yeah. on a lot of on a lot of uh spaces you know and in some ways that's, that's very good but in other ways you know it's like you don't get the empathy of like right oh, oh i know this is your crazy time because yeah coming up. right but, right right you know, after 20 years yes oh i know this is your crazy sure time. you you've taught her <laughs> um, so that's that's good um, yeah how long have you been married well we have been married been together for 20 this is 21 years oh fantastic and uh we got officially married as soon as we could right that's yeah yeah no it's it's uh it's a long time but it's a good time right yeah congratulations that's awesome that's very cool Do, would course, you mind I was like i was like you know 16 just so we get 
<laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, and and if, if if you don't if you don't mind, just because you know, I, I think it's it's interesting, and I think. It, you know, I, I would hope that, that we're kind of evolving to a point where, where people are okay talking about such things and, and, and we don't have to sweep them under the carpet or hide and pretend that people don't exist and that kind of stuff. Would, would you mind kind of discussing your, your experience as an LGBTQP person in the world of classical guitar and what that's been like and if, it, if it's even something that you've noticed or, you know... Because it's not—it's not my experience, so I don't—I don't—I I have no idea. <laughs> well, well, well. Let me stop here. I think, I think actually the the first thing to talk about is being a woman as a guitarist, which sure. is also not okay. your experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and you know, I, I'm not a person who who walks around feeling like like oh, I missed something because of this or because of that, like. Like, sure. I often don't even notice until someone mentions, like, you know, yeah. hey, you, someone's, you know, got in front of you in line. You know, I, I, don't, I don't often notice that. Yeah. Um, so, in some ways, it's only on, like, reflection um, and looking back that, that I would notice. But, you know, coming up, you know, as a female guitarist, it, it was it was different. Um, yeah. And um, in, in some ways... You were you, you were more unique. There weren't as many females. Right, players. right. But um, also, it was a little like, oh, you weren't taken quite as, as seriously. Yeah. I mean, there were some very basic, if you think about some basic uh, weirdnesses that made it more difficult to be a guitar, a female guitarist. Do you remember Frederick Node's book, um, Solo Guitar Playing? Of course, yeah. Okay, so in the very beginning, they have a picture of Frederick Node sitting. Right. His footstool looking great. And I'm really yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you have the woman's yeah. sitting position. Yes. Which is like a riding side saddle on a horse. Yeah. You know, I mean, come yeah. On. yeah, it's awful. It's awful. I mean, I couldn't imagine sitting that way longer, you know, than 15 minutes before, you know, yeah. her back hurting. So, I mean, things like that, um, that I never saw a woman playing a guitar in pants until I saw right. Sharon Isbin playing in her gold lamé pants and oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you know, not only am i wearing pants i've got the shiniest most brilliant pair of pants on that anybody's ever seen they were fantastic. Yeah. They were fantastic. Yeah. and she looked comfortable yeah I mean, otherwise i mean not to say that these women weren't comfortable in their long right. you know gowns. sure i mean you see many women still playing in long gowns but that that was the only option Right, right. Um, it was it was expected or something. I like, yeah. I don't. Do you think that was? I mean, is that is is that a carryover from the concert world in general, or do you think it was just women in public are supposed to be presented in this particular way? Because you know these, you you know, none of those guitarists were running around dressing like that anywhere else. Right, right. And how you know? Yeah. Can I just tell you how uncomfortable, or not not uncomfortable, but like. Awkward. Material. And yeah, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> we're gonna put, put all this material yeah. to sit down and get then get the footstool in the right place and not sit, right. not like like get your foot on top right. of the material and rip the yeah. ground. You're sitting you're sitting with your your legs bent and and a guitar in your lap. Like there's got to be yards and yards of fabric to 
to accommodate that. You know, you're you're not you're not going to wear a mini dress. You know, <laughs> you can't wear a mini dress. Of course. Right. Um, but I mean, those, those were things. And actually, you know, when I was in school, that was expected. Uh, I had many of uh, arguments with my professor about what I wanted to wear or shouldn't wear at a concert. Right. Uh, and where did you do your undergrad? Uh, in, in Chicago at uh, Roosevelt University. Oh, who was the teacher at the time? Uh, that's, it's the Chicago, um, Chicago Musical College. Yes, Chicago Musical College. And uh, Pam Kimmel was my Oh, okay. Teacher. All right. And a wonderful, wonderful teacher. She taught me so much. Wonderful player. Um, great, great director. So in, I guess in your academic career, you've, you've studied with all, all with women. Well, yes. Now, and I would have Was that conscious? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And the other thing being, uh, as a as a woman, and it's not a very tall woman, my my hands are small. Right. And um, I mean, I so wanted to play guitar, so wanted to play guitar, and I struggled with these instruments that were just really big. Sure. And I remember taking a master class from like, like just my hero of, of guitar, and uh, I remember him saying, "No, you can't get a small guitar because the sound will never be loud enough." And who was that? If you don't mind. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Type it in chat so I, I won't read it out loud. <laughs> no, or hold, hold up a sign. <laughs> he said, uh, you know, I mean, he wasn't didn't say it directly to me. Yeah. Um, and at the time. But, I, but as a young person, you know, like. It was just devastating. You know? Yeah. Wait, because I was trying to find a maker to make a smaller guitar. Right. And um, so I have to say that maybe was the most influential thing. Um, we have to give a, a plug out to Richard Brunet, the awesome. great luthier, great luthier, who made me my first small, well, actually, Robert Ruck made me my first small scale guitar. Which really? Was, yeah, but it wasn't quite small enough. Okay. Well, he, he, he built huge guitars, so yeah. for him, it was, it was way small. <laughs> he consented to, uh, to make a 640. Uh, <laughs> So 640, the string length, yeah. instead of a 650 millimeters or something, it was It was better. It was definitely better for me yeah. to play. Um, but it um, was just, a, you know, too wide, I guess. Right. Um, but then Richard Bruni, he, he just really embraced this, this concept. And I've had three guitars by Richard. And um, not only are they smaller, the, the string length is 640. Mm -hmm. um, but he also has accommodated, he's like, if you make the string length smaller, you gotta change other things too. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And so the body's a little bit smaller, mm -hmm. and um, the string spacing's a little bit smaller. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just fantastic. What, what string length is he building for you these days? Six, well, 640. So I just, oh, okay. over the pandemic, um, got a new guitar from him. Oh, congratulations. Because the only, the only thing that I was a little, not, unhappy but as guitar making progressed you know right uh guitars were louder and louder and louder and yep. chamber music settings yeah and my guitar's not loud enough you know <laughs> and um so that that one instructor um master class instructor might have had a point that right. traditionally made guitars had to have the strong Right. Or I'm not sure. I have I have a student who who's who's very small, and she had two guitars built at six thirty. Oh yeah. Um, wow. One one from the, the the guy that built my guitar, Misha Robert, and another one from a local luthier here, Pete Carey, and 
the, the Robert guitar is like it is my favorite guitar that I've ever played. It, it, there's it's it, it's astonishingly good, and you would if if you were in the next room, and and I played a, a, a six fifty, and I played this one, you would. You wouldn't say, "Oh, the short one." You you wouldn't be able to tell at all, and and then the the, um, the developments in guitar yeah. have you know they've really changed. So this uh, my latest Brunet, um, her name's you know Corona, not Aww. but um, <laughs> she's wonderful and so loud and so cool yeah. and like a little little Ferrari sports car. It's just that's fantastic. I, I yeah. play and I'm like I'm just so happy. So, um, but I also have uh, just just shout out to one other guitar maker, Patrick Mayo. Uh, oh yeah. In Canada, um, I have one of his double top guitars, which is a 635. Oh. 640, um, which which I've also played a lot, and it's also yeah. that double type, that double top technology. Yeah. Is is very, very live, and that you yeah. know that holds up to volume too. Sure, sure. Is um is 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 your latest Brunei also a double double top? Is he doing that? Uh, no, it's not a double top, but it right. has um, some. I you know I don't know all the magic that's in it, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, he said that there's uh, different developments in it that uh, that he was experimenting with, especially to make it loud. Um, Fantastic. So he asked me what I, you know what I wanted, and I said, well, I want something that's loud and beautiful yeah. and resonant. And right. <laughs> I want everything. I want it all in one perfect package. You know, the, the luthier's dream, right? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, quick response. And then I said, yeah. and then I said, and it has to be very fancy looking in this map. And he's like, no. <laughs> I'll do everything but the fancy. <laughs> it's like, uh, we're making an instrument. We're not making... <laughs> <laughs> and he's Richard Brunet, so he can say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's lovely. So, so being a woman... That was definitely like two of the the things I came up against that were just physical, like like sure. how how are you going to dress, right? Right. And oh God. A, a, an instrument that would be would be as so as a man, I would just like to put it out there that we have no idea that I mean every every time you have to do something, you have to think about your appearance and what are people going to say and is it proper and what a what a crock of Excuse my French. What a crack of shit that is. So. <laughs> what was it that uh, I saw? I, I, went, I went to one concert and I saw. Um, it was an orchestral concert and I saw a violinist wearing, you know, like like a female tux, and I was like, that's wonderful. That's what we should. Do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you know, I think also for some people, it's, it's very freeing, and a lot of musicians have male musicians have gone away. Right. From um, wearing the tops and are being more, you know, individual and yeah. expressive in their own attire. But I mean, that, go, going through school, that was that was a difficult situation. Just being a, a female. Um, sometimes also being a female musician, and I think all across the board. I mean, there's some things that are expected of you that are not expected of male musicians. I mean, the nurturing part. You know what I mean? Um, no. That's why even. <laughs> So even in your family life, that you're expected, whether you that you're expected to take care of, right, you know, right, 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 people, and it's my it's my joy to mostly, you know, it yeah. is my joy to, but sometimes you also have to go to work, right, <laughs> you know? sure, or sometimes you have to practice, right, you always have to practice, or sometimes you have to focus on yourself, you know, yes, I and mean, that's all, I think it's 
historically has been a lot harder for women to do yeah. that. I mean, I know they're wonderful, wonderful men who are picking up the slack and being, you know, taking care of kids and. Sure. And, and well, the, the I think another part of that too is you know I would. I would describe that you you have a very nurturing I don't know if nurturing is the right word you you have a generous spirit and you have like this this very giving really really caring personality naturally. Oh, thank you. Thank you know, yeah, I think you have you have a disposition towards that, uh, you know. But but that's different from it being just okay. You know, as a woman, you have to be like that you know and 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 i think i think i from my experience what what i've learned is is you it's a challenge especially if you if you have that that kind of you know generous spirit nurturing personality whatever it is it's a real challenge to to put boundaries up and say you know what i have to take care of myself and my own stuff too you know and and yeah so and and, and not not you know not be accused of of of, of being a cold-hearted female dog, you know, right, right, um, right, right. you know, and again, so something no man has ever had to deal with. And, and, you know, we have no idea that, that, that this is all part of the internal dialogue that, that you have to deal with when it comes to every little thing, you know, it must be exhausting sometimes, you know, and, um, about being um, a, a female guitarist, sometimes I remember I remember being um, at the GFA and uh, being at the GFA, and there were there was conversation the previous year, uh, many women had gotten through to the final, and then uh, more than one competitor, male competitor, came up and said, "Oh, you'll get to the final. You're a woman. You'll get to the final." You're a woman. Oh no! And you're like. Wait, now that doesn't feel great either way. Either they're giving you way too much yeah. credit or it's their way of protecting. Not, and that's not, it wasn't everyone, but it was more than one person. It's like, oh yeah, this is the year of the woman. There you go. So it's like being the... Gross. But, yeah, um, right. And it was probably, it could have just been their way of, of protecting themselves. And, and right. Because that's, those guitar competitions are just such a, a mind bend anyways, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and a bit of a... a a macho fest, you know. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of testosterone being slung around in in yeah. in, in that in that environment, you know. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, some things that I that I don't know of, and I assume not to be the case, but who knows? I mean, there's all that um, you know of opportunities that that would would not be afforded to. A, a female and more afford to, to men. Sure. And I'm sure. talking, you know, 15, 20 years ago. I, I don't think yeah. it's happening so much now. Um, I would hope not. Yeah. But I mean, I did I did come up, coming up at that time, it, it was tough because I did come up against that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, in applying, you know, for jobs or, or teaching jobs and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't, you couldn't point it out because then you were, you know, you were the whiny woman. Yep, um, yep. But, you know, some, some things, yeah, and and you, I mean you would, you kind of what I'm hearing you say too is that you've you've seen a change in that for the better, which is you know makes me feel good to hear. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Well, and then just speaking um, about about the LGBT portion of it, <laughs> <laughs> which is a you know, <laughs> I mean, 
I went to, I knew you in the 90s. In the yeah. 90s. Yeah. 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 And it was not, well, actually, I have to say Cincinnati was a surprisingly open place yeah. for being so far south. <laughs> sure, sure. And and the school itself was, was kind of this little haven. Yeah. Um, where people were, were expressing themselves and, and figuring out who they were. And um, just in, in this music school itself, I met, I met some lovely and, you know, self-proclaiming, you know, gay people. And that, and that right. was wonderful um, as a good introduction to that. Um, but for me, I didn't make it part of my identity because I was, not that I was denying it, it's just that I so wanted to be a guitarist. Yeah. And I didn't really have time to learn the Chaconne and do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, is, is that, do you think that, is that a positive thing or, I mean, or do you see that as something like, were you kind of like cutting off part of yourself to focus on other things or, I mean, or did you say that like you weren't getting caught up in, in like the sense of identity and, and getting distracted by that? You know, I think people grow up a lot faster. I think, uh, I think lesbian, gay, you grow up a lot faster in a positive, in a good way. Really? Right now. Yes. Huh. You know, it's. That's an interesting point. Like, you know, would, I mean, would, they're they're accepted a lot faster. I have. Okay. I have college students who you know are are very fluid in their in yeah. their identity. I have some college. I have students who are in the midst of transitioning. Sure. Um and. I just have to say, music school is a, a great place to be for that. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people are yeah, yeah. Accepting of that. Yeah. Um, so you know, I see, I see people and students more comfortable, you know, than I. Sure. Was. Right. Right. And you know, I don't. I'm sure it was a personal developmental thing, but um, I was very lucky to have some older students as role models. You know, older. Oh. Older classmen. You know. Yeah. Seniors. Um, even some students who graduated who are still hanging around the music program uh, yeah. to, you know, to show me the way. And they, I didn't have to identify myself. They were just like, hey, this is, you know, want to hang out or this. And so yeah. I, didn't, I didn't dive in too deeply in uh, masters, during my masters, because really, I really, really focusing on me. Strong yeah. desire to. And, <laughs> you know, uh, Claire was very, very good at keeping you focused yes <laughs> and, and i i'm grateful to her for that you yeah because you know she's like these are your 10 years you better focus now and then whatever. yeah yeah, um, yeah. so I'm, I'm super grateful to her for that um was it was i like over the top probably that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but so i never i mean i never made it and then you know when i did come out and all that i never made it it's not the first thing it's not my first it's not right. the first identifier. Sure. It is me, but it's yeah. not only me. And I feel that uh, in performance, and um, you know, I mean, I, I think we touched up. You touched on it, like how women have to think about what they're wearing and whatnot yeah. and that when they get out there and play. I mean, and I wish that so totally wasn't so. Right. Um, I wish we had a uniform because I would love for <laughs> women just to get out there and play and be. You know, we talked about not how they looked, you know, right. but how, right. how they're playing. 
and I mean, I think that's true for men too, in the sense like, oh, that guy makes twenty faces when he plays, or this or that. But you know, right? It's different. It's absolutely different. You know, and 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 the the only time, the only time anyone ever mentions a, a man's attire is you know if he does something outrageously unusual. Mm-hmm. You know, and and yeah. and even then, like. It's not. It's not talked about the same way. It's. It, 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 there's. There's no inference that it has. That it means anything other than he wore something outrageous. You know. And and it's. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine. I like. I just. I it would be. I would find that so frustrating. And and at the same time, like, just really infuriating. I mean, I like. Why. Why do you have to spend energy on that when you you know you just want to you just want to make art you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's true. What I do find, um, is, oh, so I've never, so I've never in my performing or my, uh, like, composing, arranging career, I mean, I've never, that's never been an issue. But what I do find is with my students that um, I'm not, I mean, again, it's not the thing I lead with, um, but I want to be honest with my students, you know? So, right, of course. I think, I think it's really, it's more honest, more authentic with my students. Yeah. So when I'm authentic, then, you know, they could be with it. Sure. And in all my teaching situations and, and job responsibilities, I've been very lucky and never had any problem um, with people saying, no, no, you have to keep that part of yourself secret. Wow. And in some ways, uh, I have many students that, uh, that have different majors in the colleges and then come and take some guitar lessons. Sure. And I think it's because I can service type of like validation for them yeah you know, you say, well, we get some connection and absolutely with everything else. yeah and i'm so i'm so like and, and and you have you'll have no idea the impact something like that can make on a young person exactly. you know and and maybe later on in their life they'll you know in conversation they'll say well you know there was this guitar teacher that you know yeah. and, well, it, and and one of the schools i teach at is, is very conservative and i feel that um you know not being, you know, like meeting many different students and then knowing who I am, okay. Right. You know, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. There I grew. Um, but right, you know, right now things are very, what you say, a lot better than they used to be, you know. Yeah, um, good. Um, and and I'm, I'm happy to, you know, to be authentic with my students. And yeah. I've never had a student have a problem with that. That's fantastic. But I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe they have, they haven't told me. They another student, and then okay. Sure. But mostly, mostly uh, the feedback I get from my students. Are, yeah. They're, 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 you know, happy and, and value the connection. Yeah. Do Do you um you know just talking about like the the, the guitar community in in general, is that is that something that has has figured into your sense of belonging or not belonging at all? you know, amongst guitarists, or is it just a non-issue, or, you know? Um, no. I think it's a non-issue. I, I know, yeah. um, I know many, many, actually, I, I do know several, you know, gay and lesbian guitarists, yeah. and I wouldn't say there's anything more connecting or less connecting. Okay, all right, or, yeah. Um, you know, Angie and I are, are very are very clear that we're people and we have yeah. our friends. It's not like we, yeah, we have our friends. Right, sure, sure. And it's just that we're people. Um, right. <laughs> Imagine that. 
Yeah. Your people, okay. yeah. <laughs> so it's not like we, you know, tend to to go to, although we're supporters of, you know, equal rights, of course, but yeah. we don't find ourselves mostly at gay functions. We find ourselves yeah. at functions. At functions, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And it's always uh, a bit. Well, isn't it? Was is it? You know, isn't that where we're headed? Hopefully, that the, okay. you know we don't describe gay marriage as anything other than marriage or gay functions as anything other than functions or gay guitarists as anything other than guitarists you know and, i mean and that, that is so true and i and i know? okay uh, one story so early on i mean this was in the 90s there was um i can't get close to the name there was a duo and uh <laughs> and they were playing oh man <laughs> it was two men and they weren't you know they weren't brothers and or they weren't brothers they weren't related and they were playing so beautifully yeah and the hub bub conversation that that was you know happening at intermission was are they are they are oh they? come are on they? Oh. I mean, not everyone but you know yeah that was that was what I sure. was like oh yeah. I'm sorry about that you know yeah um, but it was it was so unique I guess um, and uh, ultimately I don't think they were you know <laughs> but, <laughs> but just the appearance yeah. um, right and I really I really really like hope you're saying that it's just there's guitars there's yeah you know, that we don't have to say even it's a female guitar it's a male guitar it's a musician right yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure same there. issue isn't it and uh, I I hope we're we're toward going towards that yeah well I do I mean I fingers crossed and and I, I you know I, I, I from what what I can see I, I I'm hopeful. I, I guess yeah. I just put it that way, you know. Like um, I think I think things are always always getting better, hopefully. So. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. What um, you know, as 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 part of that, intersects with your creative life. Have you ever been? Has it ever been important for you to like represent, you know, female composers or composers from from more marginalized, marginalized populations, or has that been a part of your calculus at all in terms of, you know, programming or, or research that you've done or, or things that that you um, share with your students that that kind of stuff? Is it have you have you gone down that route at all? Well, yes. I mean, I'm hoping to more and more. I mean, it's yeah. been a it's been. Um, been a bit hard i mean i the thing i don't like is a concert of all female composers sure because that is just as bad that saying okay female composers are over here and we have to yeah. do a concert of them because they can't yeah. i think i think you can I, I absolutely understand what you're saying but i also think you can say you can you can get past that by saying you know what we've had centuries of nothing we're, we're, we're tipping the scales a little bit in the other other direction you know you're gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with it for an hour so <laughs> more of what what i'm interested in doing is programming really great music by female yeah. by um by african-american composers yeah composers who are less represented and um yeah so so if you're out there, <laughs> yeah. Have you have you found any 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 cool stuff that nobody nobody really knows about? Well, do you know do you know Thomas Flippin? No. Oh, Thomas Flippin uh, is a former student of mine. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful player. He's um, he's in New York now, I think. Okay. And he's composing just phenomenal stuff. Sounds like somebody I should interview for my podcast. Sure. He wrote he wrote Beyond <laughs> Ferguson. Uh, okay. As a, as a trio, a student. As a trio and then as a student quartet, and actually, um, my actually my college group did work on that this past year, um, and to, so he's just. He's Wait, you have a college guitar ensemble that's playing music by a living composer? 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. And it's not a transcription? No. <laughs> well, that's the other point, is like to get more people to write for Yeah, sure. Or medium. Um, but anyways, yeah, so so I, I love uh, his work. Um, what's this guy's name? Thomas Grant Phil? Okay. Yeah. So there are, I just met actually with uh, with Kim, my flute uh, player, this morning. And um, we're working up a program. Uh, there's several pieces that he wrote for guitar they're they're very nice they're not like uh heavy but sure. nice enough and uh yeah and uh so so working up that we'll do, we're gonna we're planning a program that features um rat stills on music for piano and flute and guitar oh wow excellent yeah so so definitely on the lookout for things like that yeah yeah um we've worked with uh i love work with composers like working with chris um, yeah that's that's just phenomenal experience yeah. to you know be I guess part of the composition process yeah um, yeah it's it's, I, it's it's so vibrant you know I mean it's just you feel I don't know it's it's electric it's it, it, it feels very genuine and real and like exciting and in the moment you know where I think so much of what we do is dusting off museum pieces you know or, or you know like um, standing in tradition or I don't know however you want to want to describe it but it's a much different process when you're you know, uh, you're, you're witnessing the creation of something new yes, as it's happening. It's so cool. It's so yeah. cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So always, always looking for good quality works um, that are new. You know. And, yeah. And interesting, interesting to play, interesting to hear too. That's, yeah. I mean, uh, I I love avant-garde music a lot, but. Um, Audiences don't. Audiences don't love it as much. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I used to have this attitude. Actually, there, there was a time when I was thinking, you know, from a solo solo playing point of view, that that's really what I wanted to focus on, and I was kind of moving in that direction um, for a while. And and uh, it, it like you, you know, I, I love that music, and, and, and like I, I understand it. And I used to have this idea that like if I played it well enough, you know. My audiences all understand it. Like I'm, I'm going to be this, you know, this this great. Uh, I don't know what the word is for it, but you know, I, 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 crusader is the only word that comes to mind. But I hate that word, and I don't want to use it. But you know, it's like uh, just th this advocate. I was going to be the grand advocate for for contemporary music, and you know, I was going to play it so well and explain it to people so well that they would just, you know, just love it. And I, you know would open all these doors and everything. And it, it, you just can't do that. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter how much you love it or how much you explain it. Some people just aren't going to like that music, you know, and they don't have to. It's fine, whatever, you know. No, no they don't have to, but yeah, yeah. you also don't have to play a whole program. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, exactly, yeah. And that's, that, that's, uh, that, that was, uh, that was a big, that was a big lesson too, you know. And uh, we, the Columbus Symphony Orchestra for a while was, uh, Oh no! It was when I was in Cleveland. The, the Cleveland was doing this with with Ernst von Dachnani. Um They would always put something quote challenging, I guess, is a, a good good term to describe it. Um, it was always the first first piece on the program, and it was always very short. And the the the, the people in the know that that didn't want to have to listen to that would just know to show up late, right? You know. And I thought, you know, that, that's. 
that that's a reasonable compromise. You know, you're not you're not shocking anybody. You're not ramming down anybody's throat. If they if they want to be there and experience it, they can be. And if if they don't want to be, they know. That's you know. Come in, come in a little later, and you know they they made they made a, a grand exception to the the late seating rules for for those kinds of things. You know, it was, but it, I thought I thought that was that was an interesting way to to deal with it. So, but <laughs> they could have let let the people um, get like move up their seats. They wanted to move up and get a better. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Incentivize. Yeah. yeah. You should come. Nice. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to make a CD of the most difficult to listen stuff that you've ever heard. <laughs> and you can have it for free. But you have to listen to it all the way through. <laughs> it's a great coaster, yeah. <laughs> I've got a whole set. So. <laughs> so you mentioned you mentioned before we, we got, got started, you also mentioned your Hal Leonard publication. Mm -hmm. Just talk about that a little bit. Sure, so um, I don't know if I planned this, but um, I spend a lot of time teaching. And, um, and I and I really I really like it. And the more that I do it, the easier it gets to explain things. Okay. And um, Cal Leonard approached me and asked if I would write 50 lessons. Okay. 50. Because they were doing a book called 100 Classical Guitar Lessons. Okay. And, and they wanted you to do 50 of them. 50. Because the other person who was going to do it was Burgess Speed. Um, okay. The editor of, uh, of Scott Tennant's book. Um, okay. And so... Um, Right, they said, well, I'm like, what, what's right, right? What are, it doesn't matter. What are you teaching right now? And I'm like, okay. He said, so the best thing to do is just whatever lesson you happen to give right now, just then write it down, you know, and how you're teaching. And um, and then you'll also make a little recording if needed to, to help like, you know, explain it or illustrate it. And just send us 100 of them. <laughs> send us 50 of them. <laughs> but it, they should only be two pages long, so it's like you're writing us 100 pages. I'm like, Wow. And um, I'm like, okay. So, uh, <laughs> and this has to be due next Thursday, right? <laughs> Something like that. There was, there was a little bit of Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, okay. So it was really great. And uh, I just did exactly what they said. I, I would say, oh, what am I teaching this student? What am I teaching that student? And it was like varying levels. You know, there's a lesson on Vespertine. There's a lesson on Splurge. Then there's a lesson on some repertoire, a different repertoire. Right. Um, and being so nice and brief, that yeah. was really, really great and focused, you know, like this. And I find that, that I, it's, it's kind of like a, the book itself is like kind of like a, a coffee table book. Like, like you should pick it up and say, oh, here's an exercise. I'm going to play it today. Right. You know, rather than. It's like, not a method. Yeah. yeah. It's not a method. But then again, it's wonderful in my own teaching that I can like point to it and say, I don't have to write it out again. See this exercise on page 120? Oh, yeah. So, uh, and, and Burgess wrote some great lessons in there too, and um, yeah, so it's. Uh, did no? Did you find to to put that stuff together? Did you did you find you were mostly just pulling stuff that you already had already prepared, or were you was this all new preparation, new material for you? Well, it really helped solidify you know what I do. Yeah. Because nothing, very little of it was like brand new. It was like oh, I, I teach slows this way. Oh, I teach treble yeah. this way. Oh, I. Speed burst this way, you know. Sure, um, sure. So it was really a, a good way to codify what I actually. Yeah. Did. And, uh, and then there were you know, there were a few 
um, pieces. Uh, the, the pieces you had, they had to be, of course, public domain. Right. And, uh, and I didn't want to do, you know, pieces that were all, in all in the books. You know, <laughs> is 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 a uh, Carcassiopeia sixty number seven in there? Um, not for me. Oh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be in every guitar book ever. It's it's mandatory. Yeah. Not, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So, so that was a great experience, and um, it was good that there was a timeline because it didn't take forever. <laughs> Otherwise, right, right. you know, because think about that. That you have to you have to write it, and then you have to read it, and then you have to write the music out, and then you. It, it was. It could have taken. Forever. Oh, that's right. You did. You did recordings, like videos for all of all hundred oh, lessons. Videos. It was a first time. It was just audience. So, wow, yeah. for all of them. Um, yeah, for most of them. I think. My goodness. A couple, you know, just um, talking, not talking. Sure. Like, uh, pros, essays. Yeah, but still, that's a that's a lot. Oh my gosh! Did you, did you did you do all the recording yourself? You know, I wish. I, well, I don't wish it. I, there was a pandemic, but since the pandemic, I've learned how to do it. Right. But, uh, then I was a bit over, you know, overwhelmed by the thought of doing it. Myself. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I went to a, a local recording studio, and now that I've learned how to do this, not to say that there's no there's great value in recording studios, but for the amount that I needed to do, I could yeah. have done it myself. Um, now, not right. Me. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I went somewhere, and that was just like uh, you know another like marathon phase of just right. Oh yeah, yeah. Know. That's that's again part of part of the joy of doing that kind of thing yourself is you you can you can do it on your own schedule rather than being like oh my gosh I have to get those all done in these sessions and I hope this goes okay you know like yeah. But then uh, there's also you know you know for the perfectionists in the room. It's like it's like you only have this much time. Get it done, and it's okay. right. Yeah. yeah, and it is yeah. When did when did you do when when did that come out? That's that's been out for a little while now, right? Yeah. I don't know. If I have to go um, <laughs> uh, probably four years. Four and okay. Years. Yeah. That's that's great. What a what a what a fun thing that is. So. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I think we, we've been at it for, for over an hour here, haven't we? Yeah, well, thanks for the conversation, Carl. Yeah, it, it's, it was awesome to talk to you. And is there anything else that we need to talk about? Um, anything coming up that, uh, that or, or anything that, any, where else should we be directing our, our humble listeners? Oh, well, humble listeners, you can go, <laughs> of course, to judygoldwick.com. Excellent. And, uh, up there, I do have ensemble music. Uh, for guitar ensembles, um, especially uh, that have been performed by the Chicago Community Guitar Ensemble and um, some area high schools. Um, and in our, oh, and our Day of Guitar Festival that we have here for high school students. Um, so that's one place to go. Uh, we mentioned Silver Rose Duo, Silver Dash Road. Excellent. And Bosch uh, Guitar Trio. And the Chicago Community Classical Guitar Ensemble. The Chicago Community Classical Guitar Ensemble. That's a, you say that so quickly. I don't. I, I, there's, there's a whole lot of C's in there. <laughs> we like to call it C C C. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And do you, do you have do you have a separate web, website for that? Yeah, they're all they're all. Separate. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So uh, yeah, so 
Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> great. Well, stay busy. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, you too, and, well, it's, and it's really so great to, to see you. I mean, this is another benefit of right. technology. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, the whole idea of doing a podcast is something I, I really don't, well, I kind of do now, but I, I didn't know what podcasts were. I was like, I don't, is that something people listen to or something? It's like radio or something on the internet. And I, a couple years ago, I, I hired a young assistant to, to help me with some administrative tasks um, that, that I, oh, actually, I'm. Carl, I'm sorry to say, I have to get into a jury right now. Okay, get into that jury. I better go do that. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Carl, thank you. I was having so much fun. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook.